Be seated. Perhaps I should take a moment to bring people up to speed. If you're not a regular attender at this parish, or perhaps not used to the Anglican liturgy, when Lent begins, we put the bells away and the alleluias go away. So you'll hear a lot of alleluias tonight, like in the hymn we just sang, and you have certainly heard sufficient bells, I'm sure, this evening. But we celebrate by bringing the bells back in because the Gloria that we sang has also gone away for Lent. And so we do that in order to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we are doing here this evening. We have heard, read, and proclaimed from the Word of God the Old Testament story of salvation. And then we know why we're here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we are reminded of that in the Gospel reading and then Paul, in his epistle to the Romans that was read for us, theologizes about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want to focus my comments this evening on that passage from Romans. Did you know that you died before? Did you know that you've died before? Right? Paul is telling us that we have died in our baptism. And we died like him in our baptism, buried, therefore, with him by baptism. So if you've been baptized, you have died and been buried, right? So baptism becomes illustrative of where we stand with God, that like Jesus, we have died, right? But it's not that we've just died like him, but we have been buried in our baptism, you know why I think Paul highlights the burial aspect is because burial attests to the reality of death. Right? Someone dies, they are buried. Burial is the attestation of death. Yes, I'm sure we all know those stories, true and false, of people who have been buried and then said, I'm not dead or something like that. We've, we've heard those stories, but burial equals death. It emphasizes the reality of death. And so Paul says to the Romans, he says to us, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism. So in the way in which Jesus was taken down from the cross and placed in that tomb prepared for him in our baptism, we too were entombed in those waters, if you will. We were baptized into the burial of Jesus Christ, and therefore, Paul continues to say, into his death. Right? And what is death? Finality. Death is the end. Everyone dies. We know that. Or at least we would confess that perhaps eschatologically some people will not die, but for most people, death is the natural course of events. I don't want to sound depressed tonight simply because it's the feast of the resurrection, but you start dying the moment you're born. That's what you're heading towards, right? There's no sense of knowing when you've peaked, right? Or when the climax comes in life. I love those commercials a few years ago where a cell phone company or a cable company talked about people like peaked in high school, right? Those kinds of things, but we don't know the climax. So in one sense, the day we're born, we begin this process of moving towards the finality of death. But in this case, it's not just our physical death. That's not what Paul is necessarily trying to highlight. Paul is putting a punctuation mark on the fact that our death is to our old life. It's to our life in Adam. It's to who we were by birth in original sin. 
That's, who we have, that's what we have died to, our old selves, our old life. And this is important because as believers, baptized believers who have experienced that death, we could not be born to something new unless we were brought back from that death. In other words, we have died in our baptism like Christ, and it now takes divine action to give us new life. Right? We've heard the stories of people who are kind of at their last breath, and then they rally back, and they live, right? Christina has an uncle. I'm not sure how many massive heart attacks he had throughout his life, but Scotty is still with us. Thanks be to God. He, he was so close to death more than once, and he kept coming back. I think it was in his 40s that he experienced his first major heart attack, but he recovered from it and then continued to golf. And had another one at some point and came back and continued to golf. And then a number of years ago, it was very dire how bad he was. And everyone was getting at least mentally ready to think that Scotty wasn't going to be with us very much longer. But he's still with us. So we know those stories of people who come close to death and they rally back. But Paul's not talking about that. Paul is saying, look, you have died. You have spiritually died like Jesus died physically. And we know that because you were buried with him, and burial means death. It indicates that you've, di- that you've died. And death is the finality. It's the death of our old self. And so it takes God's action to bring us back, just like it took God's action in the resurrection to bring Jesus back from the dead. The very thing that we celebrate tonight. Holy Week would be really sad if Jesus wouldn't have resurrected. Matter of fact, there'd be nothing to celebrate. But think about how sad it would be to not have the resurrection to celebrate. Now think of your own life. Think about what there is to celebrate in it. Because you have died with Jesus in baptism and been brought back to life by God. As new Adams, as new Eves, as new men and women. And Paul says here in our Romans passage that just as Christ was raised from the dead By the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. That phrase piqued my interest this week. What does it mean to be raised from the dead by the glory of the Father? Right? What a strange way, perhaps, to say that, by the glory of the Father. Because I think of glory as like transfiguration shiny. Right? I think of glory as like ascension kind of shiny. I don't think of it. And the way that it's being used here, which I think what Paul means is it's that we are resurrected, raised from the dead by the power of God. And sure enough, John 10, verse 40, it's referenced in the same way at the raising of Lazarus, that Lazarus is brought back from the dead by the glory of God. Right? So we, like Lazarus, we've been resurrected from our dead selves. We've been buried with Christ, raised again by the divine action of his glory, of his power, to give us new life in Christ. So not only do we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ tonight, but we celebrate our own resurrection to Christian life. Did you hear that? Our own resurrection to Christian life. You're dead people walking, right? That's what we are. We are dead people walking because we have been brought back to life with Christ. And not only have we been brought back to life like with Christ, but we've been, Paul says, united with him. We have been united in him in death, and we shall certainly be united with him 
in a resurrection like his. So we didn't just die in imitation of him. We were united with him in death, and now we are united with him in our resurrection. His resurrection is our resurrection. Jesus' resurrected and glorified life is our resurrected and glorified life. Paul goes on to say, our old self was crucified with him, and it's our new self that's brought back to life. Right again, it's this old Adam, new Adam, the old self, the new self. And it doesn't just happen here at Easter, though. What a great way to kind of be renewed in our spirit about this. If you've kept Lent well, you are glad that Easter is here. Right? If Lent hurt just a little, it will hurt no more. If Lent hurt a lot, right, it won't hurt anymore. Right? And that's the point, that Lenten life is that life of death. It's that life in the old Adam. But resurrected Easter life is life resurrected to the new Adam, to be united with Christ. So when we read these stories of Jesus' resurrection, that is our resurrection. When we read these stories about Jesus overcoming death in the grave, that's our story of overcoming death in the grave. For the one who has died, Paul says, has been set free from sin. Do you believe that? Will you believe it the next time you sin? <laughs> are you going to believe it in a few minutes when we're on our knees for the general confession, right? Paul doesn't mean we are going to be perfect and we'll never sin again. But because we have died with Christ and been raised with Christ, we are free from sin. The bondage of sin no longer holds us captive. Just like the tomb couldn't hold Jesus, our sins cannot hold us. And again, to just think about the Lazarus image, since the text has pointed us that direction, think about Lazarus, wrapped for burial. His sister saying, sorry, Jesus, you took too long to get here. It's too late. He's dead. Probably stinks. And Jesus, of course, hears it, but doesn't hear it and says, Lazarus, come forth. There's an old 90s song, and I think about it tonight because we, we were introducing the boys to 90s Christian music yesterday. A little, a little more of it. We've done it before. They'd already been introduced to, like, DC Talk, but we went a little deeper, you know, for him, second cha chapter of Acts kind of deep, right? So anyway, but there's a, there's a song by a band in the 90s, and, and they talk about Lazarus Unwind. And I'm not going to tell you who it is, and you can have a cookie after the service, because there will be cookies, I'm sure, if you know who that is. But you think of that Lazarus coming back to life and those grave clothes falling on the ground, and that's our image, too. That's what this resurrection is all about. It's not just Jesus, though it's so much Jesus, but it's about us, too. Why? Because Paul says it is. And so let me conclude with Paul's own admonition. Chap verse 11. So what about all this, basically, Paul says to the church in Rome? What's the point of all this? You know, what's the takeaway, if you will, as they say? And so he writes, You also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That is what we are to do in light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we celebrate tonight. We are to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Are you going to continue to sin? Yes, some of you are. Perhaps even this very moment, sinning in some way. 
We will sin, but yet we are dead to that sin. We don't have to be trapped in that sin. We are resurrected people, alive, animated by the power of God, united to Christ. We talk about the Paschal candle, the Paschal light. This is our Paschal life. This is our opportunity to live fully and to what it means to be people who have been buried with Christ by baptism into death, but raised with him to walk in newness of life. Do you believe it? Will you live like it? Will you take this Easter, not just think about the resurrection of Jesus, but think about your own resurrection to be alive to God in Jesus Christ? And if so, then may our Paschal lights and life shine during this Easter season and all the days of our life. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.